You're listening to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Chris McKee. All the latest news and interviews from college hoops, from the mid-majors to major conference teams, you can find it all on UndraftedFreeAgent.com. Well, welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Northern Classic edition of the UFA podcast. So this past weekend, I was up in Montreal, Quebec. Well, actually, Laval, Quebec, which is just outside of Montreal, where they had an NCAA college basketball tournament with six really good mid-major teams, including Stephen F. Austin, Montana State, Middle Tennessee, Hofstra, Quinnipiac, and UNC Greensboro. Now, I didn't even know this tournament was happening until two weeks ago. I text Kyle Keller, the head coach at Stephen F. Austin, who's my buddy. I've got a really good relationship with him over the years. I've interviewed him a number of times dating back to around 2016 when he got hired at the job. And so I text him, said, hey, you know, let's do a Zoom. Want to get you on the podcast. And he says, well, why don't you come see me in person next week? I said, well, dude, Kyle, you know, I'm, I can't get to Texas. I'm in Canada. He says, no, we're, we're coming up to Montreal. So as soon as I looked at the schedule, Realize what was going on. I realized, well, it's on a weekend. I don't have to book any time off my regular job. Uh, so I'll see you up in Montreal. So made the trip up. Ended up getting some interviews with five of the six head coaches that were playing there. The only one I wasn't able to connect with was Speedy Claxton, who is the head coach at Hofstra, of course, former NBA player. He didn't say no to me. I just wasn't able to be in the same area, so we didn't get to connect. And some of their game times were either the early game or the late game. And I usually stay for two games. I didn't stay for all three games in a day. But I did get to speak with Kyle Keller for the first time in person. And we've spoke over the phone you know, half a dozen times over the years. And Mike Jones at UNC Greensboro, former head coach at Radford as well. Danny Sprinkle at Montana State. Nick McDevitt at Middle Tennessee, as well as Baker Dunleavy at Quinnipiac. So the only team that won all three games at the Northern Classic in Laval, Quebec, was Middle Tennessee. They went 3-0. and So on Friday night, Middle Tennessee started off the Canadian road trip, beating Hofstra 64-54, led by senior forward DeAndre Dishman. This dude can play at 19 points. And then junior guard Elias King was also key for the Blue Raiders with 14 points and 10 rebounds. You'll hear Nick McDevitt later on explain that's his first ever career double-double. Middle Tennessee was back at it the following afternoon over the WAC champ Stephen F. Austin, 75-63. This time it was newcomer Justin Porter with a game-high 19 points. It also included him going 8-for-8 from the free-throw line. DeAndre Dishman big once again with 17 points and 6 rebounds in the win over the Lumberjacks. The same duo of Porter and Dishman were key once again for Middle Tennessee on Sunday, helping the Blue Raiders slip by Montana State 72-71 to leave Canada a perfect 3-0 and improve to 5-2 on the season. Porter had a team-high 16 points, while Dishman added 14 points. The senior from Lexington, Kentucky, seemed to enjoy the French cuisine, averaging 16.7 points per game during his time in Quebec. Spoke to Nick McDevitt, the Middle Tennessee head coach, on Saturday immediately following the win over Stephen F. Austin, and this is what he had to say. So, Nick, pretty dominant performance today. What was working well for you guys out there? I just thought we were uh, mentally and physically tough throughout the course of the game. Stephen F. Austin's a good team. Uh, defensively, they really tried to uh, run you out of your offense. Uh, they're they're going to force a lot of turnovers by their style of play. And uh, if, if a couple of turnovers... Uh, really bother you uh, mentally, uh, you, could, you could lose some focus and now all of a sudden there's a snowball for them. 
Uh, they can score in bunches uh, due to your turnovers. And you got to be physically tough around the basket. Uh, they're a really good offensive rebounding team. they got guys that can really deck the ball and drive it. Uh, they throw the ball in the post a lot more than, than uh, a lot of teams around the country right now. You see a lot of uh, the game right now is played around the perimeter. Uh, five out, at least four out, one in. There are a lot of times where they got guys around the basket, so even on the offensive side of the ball for them, uh, they put you in difficult positions. First time in Canada? This is our first time in Canada. It, yeah. it really is. So uh, thoughts on, you know, yeah, Montreal? It's been great. Yeah. It's been great. Our guys are really enjoying it. Montreal's a great city. Um, you know, our players have been uh, videoing, taking pictures, and enjoying the experience. Uh, there, this is a beautiful facility here that we've been able to play this uh, classic in. So our guys are enjoying it. Have you learned any French, any words? Nothing yet? No? Nothing no. yet. No French. <laughs> well, a couple more days. We'll, we'll yeah, see by then. Yeah. We'll work on it. So, Conference USA Coach of the Year last year. I mean, just talk about you know, what getting that award meant to you personally. I, well, I just think it's a credit to our players and, and our staff. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't win uh, postseason accolades either as a player or a coach uh, doing it by yourself. And, and, you know, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a really uh, – talented group of coaches and we got a great locker room uh, they really are they're fun to be around a great group of guys they love each other and uh, it, it translates to, to on the court and uh, we were able to have a really good year last year um, a lot uh, in large part uh, because of the guys that are in that locker room so I had the chance to interview Kermit Davis a number of times when he was the head coach at Middle Tennessee just talk about you know the challenge of taking over he had so much success uh, you know, some of the first things you did maybe when you did take over that position. Yeah, uh, Kermit Davis is a terrific coach. I've known him for a long time. Uh, you know, ha had the uh, pleasure of playing against one of his teams in the Great Alaskan Shootout in the fall of 2015, uh, the year that Middle Tennessee knocked off Michigan State in the NCAA tournament. And uh, I've always had a lot of respect for uh, the Middle Tennessee program, uh, the toughness that uh, he ran it with and uh, just trying to carry on that tradition of not only Coach Davis, but uh, the great uh, line of coaches that came before him. So we're pretty early into this season, um, but a pretty good sample size at least. I mean, have you, have you figured out who this team is yet? Not yet. You know, I, uh, we, we are still growing, and we talked about that uh, after tonight's win. Uh, we've had uh, different leading scores. Uh, uh, even in this tournament, two guys that came off the bench last night, Elias King had 14 and 10 for his first career double-double. Uh, Justin Porter has a career high with 19 points tonight. Uh, so we're, we're fortunate enough to be a team that uh, it's, it can be a different guy each night. You know, we're not just a, a one-man show to where if you stop one guy, uh, you can beat us. And I think that makes us harder to play against. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to win every game for sure. Uh, but uh, our, our guys do enjoy sharing the ball and playing with each other. You guys back at it tomorrow afternoon again? Uh, we got Montana State again tomorrow afternoon. So what's the plan? You know, Saturday night in Montreal. Uh, what do you What do you do from we're, here on in? We're, we're, we'll eat a meal uh, and relax after this game and go over the scouting report for uh, Montana State tomorrow. They're really good. Their post player is a dominant player uh, in their league. Um, so we'll have to be ready for him. I also spoke with sophomore guard Justin Porter, who was a kid who'd only played like five or six Division One games, played the past couple seasons at JUCO at Tyler Junior College in Texas. This kid's really good. 
Uh, you know, he plays point guard, shooting guard. He's going to have an impact in Conference USA this year. He's really good. Now, not the greatest at interviews. Obviously, he's just a new college player, but uh, he was one of the players I asked for, and they let me speak to him. This was our conversation. So we'll start with big win today. I mean, pretty dominant performance over Stephen F. Austin. What was working well for you guys out there today? Uh, just getting to the paint, you know, getting to the rack, getting foul, you know, playing off two feet. That was good for us. So first time up in Canada? Yes, sir. First time. First time for me being out the country. So just talk about your experience being here in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I hope we get to go see more stuff. So no, no, no fancy French dinner or nothing like that yet. Uh, I had something called like some fries with cheese. Poutine. Oh, poutine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was alright. That's a staple. Anytime you come here, you gotta get that. Yeah. So just talk about. I mean, so what year are you in now with Middle Tennessee? Uh, it's my first year here. It's your first year. You were JUCO last year. Yes. Yeah, so so how are you more. finding the kind of the jump right now? You know, to deal. Yeah, D1? it's just a little faster, more fast paced. You gotta be more control here. You know, Juco is kind of more free form. But yeah, you gotta be more in control here. Cool. So as far as playing for you know Coach Nick, um, just talk about you know I'm sure you had several options. Why was you know what was it about coming here from Middle Tennessee that that was piqued your interest? Uh, I feel like I could be myself here. And I felt like it was a brotherhood here too. So when I came on my visit, I felt like everybody vibed well together. So you know, decided to come here. So one personal goals for the season, two team goals for the rest of the year. Uh, for a team goal for the rest of the year, get to the tournament, you know, and get a better record than we had last year. And your personal goal, you know, just be my teammates, play good, you know, do what I have to do to win. So I try to keep it simple when asking these questions. You know, you don't have anything prepared because you don't know exactly who you're going to talk to. So sometimes I ask some of the same questions over and over, but bear with me. We had some good conversations. So also got to speak with Kyle Keller for the first time in person after their win on Sunday over UNC Greensboro, which was their only win in Canada. And this was my conversation with Kyle Keller. Well, Kyle, a bit more like it from your guys today compared to yesterday, night and day. I mean, what was the difference this morning? Well, I think our guys, it's crazy, but I think our players served each other and had a servant attitude. I know that's cliche, but I think our players just wanted to, to support each other on the court. And I think that's a success of mistakes. We didn't let it bother us. We got behind early, and then we made a few shots. When you make a few shots, the basket gets a little bit bigger and uh, creates your own energy from that. And uh, our backs were against the wall. I mean, we, we hadn't played very good two games. Give, give, give Quinnipiac and, and uh, uh, Middle all the credit in the world. Uh, but, you know, it's. We rebounded well. We served five guys, six four and under. I don't know if I've ever done that in a college basketball game, but it was it was fun to watch those guys just fly around and play like SFA. Just talking about your experience in Hull, being in Montreal for a couple days, because I know you guys came in a couple days early. I mean, anything else aside from basketball, seeing the city, any restaurants, and like that? You know, this is a, obviously Montreal is one of the great international cities in the world, and I wanted our players to get exposed to what I consider. I had never been here and just heard all the things that. You know, from you and Chris and from others, what a great place this is. And I wanted to bring our players to what arguably one of the great international cities and enjoy it. We saw some great cathedrals, some great shopping areas. People here could have been nicer to us. We didn't understand them all because they all spoke French, most of them. But they were really nice to us. Their body language was great. And I think, you know, the crowds here is one of the largest MT crowds I've ever been a part of. And, and that includes bigger than Maui. Because Maui only seats 2,400. Lance is about the same, and those have all been full. But the support for college basketball above north of the board, what we call north of the board, has been fantastic. And I'm just so grateful these people came out. They cheered at the right times. It was awesome. 
Did you pick up any French words in the four or five days you were here? Uh, je m'appelle Kyle. That's it. How about that? I know what my name is. <laughs> so I know you've been dealing with injuries and that, so I mean, uh, what's the ceiling for this version of Stephen F. Austin heading in for the rest of the season, really? You know, we were picked high in our league, that doesn't mean anything, but I think our team is talented enough to compete for a championship. You know, obviously we're missing, you know, three or four guys, we need to get healthy. Uh, but we have enough regardless who's out there. And it's just trying. You know, I've heard of the wackest, you know, I think the 13 coaches, 11 of them, have been the coach of the year in one league or another. It's a great coaches league. And I say that not taking any credit away from the players, but it's just really well coached and really well taught. You know, it's going to be a struggle, uh, but I like our guys if we continue to get better. Also spoke with Jalen Jackson Posey, who is their sophomore guard from Midland, Texas. This kid's going to play pro. I mean, this kid is outstanding. I, you know, watching him up close in person, he can really handle the ball, he can score, and he plays insanely good defense. He reminds me a lot of Javon Carter at West Virginia, who I saw play in person at March Madness a couple of years ago when he was at West Virginia, and of course Javon now in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks. But watch out for Jalen Jackson Posey. This dude can play. So a bit more like it today from you guys out there. Defensive intensity seemed to pick up. I mean. What was the difference for you guys on the court between yesterday and today? It was really night and day. I feel like today we just we played more of ourselves. Right? We had a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of talks after the game. The last game, the last game was uh, just realizing uh, that we weren't being ourselves throughout the whole throughout the whole time. And, uh, today we just decided to put our foot in the ground and really just start to be who we are. And, you know, as everyday guys, playing hard, hustle hard, especially when it starts on the defensive. So first time in Canada. Oh yeah, for sure. Just talk about your experience here on your Montreal oh, in a couple days. It's been great. It's been, it's been it's, honestly, I feel like it's been a cool experience, and experience especially for me. It's my first time I've been to Canada and stuff like that, man. And I uh, love the people, man. The people here are so genuine and so kind, man. And I really just love the atmosphere that they provide for us here. You know, being away, being a thousand miles away from, from Texas, man, it, it kind of was, it kind of almost felt like we were welcome. Did you pick up any French words while you're here? Uh, See, play and I. So, you know, winning cures everything. I mean, obviously, look, kind of things getting a bit more on the right track. Just what's the ceiling for Stephen F. Austin this year? I feel like, honestly, our ceiling is as long as high as we make it, you know, honestly, because we have, enough, we have enough talent to, to really do incredible things and really impact not just, not just our team, but just the community, SFA as a whole. So I do play-by-play -play for one of the top prep schools in Canada. I did the grind session games last week, and I noticed the defensive intensity between what you guys do and they do is 10,000 times different. So what would you say to a, a high school guard kind of and their expectations coming to, to college and university? Uh, I would just say take it personal. Um, I know for me personally, and I know for like a lot of the guys in our locker room, we take it personal. You know, like Bar and I play one-on-one. -on -one. That's something we work on every day, and that's something we do every day in practice. Scoring on us is not an option. You know? Any high schooler, if you're looking at this and you're coming into college, man, take it personal. Take somebody scoring on you personal. It shouldn't happen. So one of the greatest things ever for me was Kyle Keller inviting me to sit in the dressing room pregame to address his team. And I said to him, I said, well, can I film it? And he said, well, as long as you don't post it, like, you know, while we're here in Canada. I said, no, 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 I'm going to wait. I won't post any of this until I get back to Toronto, you know, either Monday night, Tuesday. 
And uh, I mean, this was just one of the greatest things ever for me to sit and watch him. Now, I was so impressed with kind of, I'll, I'll play a segment of it in just a second, but how quickly he goes through the information and how every single kid there is laser focused on him and what he's got to say. And he'll say to him, hey, yeah, whatever, you got, you got number 12, right? Yeah. And they're so tuned in and he goes through the information, a lot of information very quickly. Uh, the whole, you know, pregame speech was about five minutes long. I'm not going to play you the whole thing because, I, you know, Kyle asked me not to give away everything they do. But here's a good little segment of Kyle Keller addressing his team pregame up in Laval, Quebec. All right, guys. All right, Jake, Jerry. Yes, sir. I got it. All right. Jerry, 24. Number. Handle it, handle it, handle it. Guys, you know, it takes about one three game. So the key amount of pain. Five averages uh, about four threes a game. So we got to limit this touch to seven against us last year. And one for seven. So we got to left handed. These two cats are left handed right here, five and one. We're much, a little bit more aggressive than one is. Got to keep out of pain. Can't let him catch and shoot. When you're guarding five, man, you got to make him deck it. Further is right here. Okay, you got 12. Uh, athlete, right? It's your boy. You wanted it, you got it, baby. And now you got number two, all right? Make his catches in zone three. Make his catches outside the three-point line and delay. You're so much quicker than he is. Stay in the stance and use your speed and quickness to give you problems. You're late, man. Just hold your ground. Late. Don't keep backing up. So I can't thank Kyle Keller at Stephen F. Austin enough for allowing me that access. And it was just so cool to, you know, be in the dressing room and, and see how he addresses his team and that. So a couple of the guys you need to be aware of on Stephen F. Austin, Roti Ware. He's a senior guard. Now, this is a guy that's coming off ACL surgery. And I talked to Kyle beforehand, and he was like, he's not kind of right there mentally yet. But seeing him on Sunday, and Saturday was terrible. I mean, the whole team was pretty bad on Saturday. They were just really flat. But then Sunday, they came out possessed. And we're really dominant in the win over UNCG. And Roti Ware's defense is next level. I think, look, I'm not saying any of these guys are NBA guys. They might get the chance to get there, but he's certainly a pro. Uh, he's going to get a G League opportunity wherever in Europe. And, uh, yeah, this guy can really play. Also, really liked uh, Nana Antwi Boasiaco. So he's their big guy, 6'9", dude, wears number 22 for Stephen F. Austin. Again, this guy's a professional. He's big. He's long. His size, I mean, he can really move well for a big guy. He's aggressive. And just his defensive prowess, I could not believe how intense the, the defense was for Stephen F. Austin. It was just really textbook, and uh, I enjoyed that a great deal. So one team I was also blown away with was Quinnipiac. Now, they beat Stephen F. Austin on Friday and Montana State on Saturday, but ended up losing Sunday to Hofstra, you know, three games in three days. I don't care what team you are, you know, eventually you're going to run out of gas if you play three games in three days. But Quinnipiac is really good. I think they're going to win the Metro Atlantic Conference. You know, obviously, Iona, Rick Pitino, they're always the favorite. St. Peter, who now have Bashir Mason in charge after Shaheen Holloway, you know, took them on that deep run of the tournament. And he bounced to Seton Hall, his alma mater. But Quinnipiac, this team, watch out for them. They're sneaky good. I mean, they were 7-0 at one point. They finally ended up losing to Hofstra on Sunday. But um, this was my conversation with Baker Dunleavy. Really enjoyed my time with him. Well, Baker, 7-0, that's got to feel pretty good. feels really good. Yeah. You know, I think we, we did a really good job in our first five games. We kind of separated it into our into our preseason. Uh, and now we're in a tournament season, you know, three games. And um, I think we've handled each one really well one at a time here. And we didn't expect to come up here and say, hey, let's go get three wins. We wanted to establish how we're playing. 
and that's what I think we're doing a really good job of, um, developing our style of play, our rotation, uh, our overall team mentality and attitude, and that's translating to winning. I mean, that's... I've never seen too many teams play in that unison. Every guy seems to understand their role intricately. Uh, just talk about how you know how you go about implementing that and to get every guy to kind of buy into what you're saying. Yeah, I think the only credit we can take as a staff in that is we recruit. We have good guys who work hard and want to win. You know, and so we've talked to them all summer, all fall about on, on different games. It's going to be different nights. Last last night, uh, we played our backup point guard Savion Lewis about 30 minutes. Our starter played about 10, just based on the matchup and never hung his head and came back. Desi Jones had some big buckets for us down the stretch uh, to help us win this game today. So we're a team where it's not about one guy, but, but when we're collectively together, which we are right now, we're pretty tough to stop. So I'm assuming a guy like you've been to Canada before. Sure. Um, been to Montreal before. Oh yeah? Just talk yeah. about how you're enjoying this time up here. We, we've loved it. We've really loved it. I thought the atmosphere at the games tonight were, was tremendous. Um, you can definitely feel that, that basketball is a growing sport here in Canada, and, and there's a passion that's growing here, which, which is really exciting. College teams are starting to really recruit up here more and more, not just in Ontario, but, but here in, in Quebec as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere and the way we've been treated has been uh, tremendous. No, no Canadians on the roster. Have you had any uh, during your tenure? We have not yet. We have not. We got to change that. We got to change. There's some really good Canadian players at every level of college basketball. So hopefully this will gain us some supporters up here, and we can get some momentum recruiting in Canada. So I mean, obviously Villanova guy, and um, just it, kind of a weird feeling this year with no Jay Wright in college basketball. Just your thoughts on that? You know, it's uh, dearly missed, really. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're in season, and um, you know if you don't have a game, you're watching your favorite team, and Villanova's my favorite team. It's just, it's it's uh, it's weird not to see him, but there's so many familiar faces there on their bench. Uh, they have so many returning players. Uh, right now, they're dealing with a lot of injury, and just when they get their full team back, they'll they'll play better. But uh, you know, I think Coach Wright is is missed by the whole college basketball world. That's for sure. So I mean, like we said seven and zero. What's the ceiling for this team moving ahead? I mean, how do you kind of sort of uh, put a damper on things, not get too excited? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't I don't know if we can define a ceiling or, or anything like that. I think we look at it right now that we have so many places we can get better, but we're playing really hard and playing really much, very much together. And so if we can in, keep that that effort and togetherness, and then increase our level of execution. I think we've become a really good team, a team that contend for, for championships at the mid-major level. The great thing about being here is you play Stephen F. Austin, Montana State, and Hofstra, three teams that have been to the NCAA tournament in recent years and won their league. So, you know, you're testing yourself against championship caliber programs. You know, it's cool talking to Baker, obviously his father, Mike Sr., an NBA coach. I watched this guy for years all throughout the 80s and 90s, one of the best coaches in the history of basketball. And then, of course, his brother, Mike Jr., played at Duke and then also played in the NBA. But these guys are like the spitting image of each other. Like, even if you didn't know who Baker Dunleavy was, as soon as you walked in, you're like, that's Mike Dunleavy's kid. Like, you, you just knew right away. But he was really cool. We chatted a little bit off camera. So I recorded that with my camera, not with an audio device. And that's why the audio was a little echoey. But, uh, hey, look, I'm talking to NCAA coaches. I didn't want to bring nine different things to record with. It was pretty cool just getting that access I also spoke with Danny Sprinkle at Montana State, uh, but they did make it to the NCAA tournament last year. This is a really good team as well. Now, every team up in Quebec is really good. I mean, they're all mid-majors, but all of them are going to be in the conversation in their own conferences. Um, 
Really love their big guy, Jabril Bello. He's a 6'9 senior. I mean, he's just a big dominant force. He led Montana State in scoring in two of the three games, but uh, this dude's a player, and Montana State really good. Now, Danny Sprinkle wasn't exactly happy when we had this conversation because it was just after a loss, but he was gracious enough with his time anyway. So then he ran into a bit of a freight train there and undefeated. You yeah. know, Quinnipiac, just talk about challenge of that game tonight. Yeah, I mean, freight train's probably a great word. You know, their guards, they go downhill so hard. Their bigs are physical. And we, we had trouble staying in front of them today. You know, they got, they always got three really good guards that know how to read ball screens. They attack off ball screens. And, and when they put their head down and go, man, they're, they're really tough to deal with. And they're, they had size, so they could shoot over us at times. And, uh, you know, they, they played a heck of a game. And I thought their bigs did a really good job, especially early, too. And uh, they made it hard on us. What was the message to your guys after a game like that? You know, I mean, you got you to flush it. There's going to be some games like that. Uh, the one thing about the non-conference is you find out a lot about yourself. And it's just more film coming out on you. And so we got to, you know, we got to up the ante from a defensive standpoint. And we got to take more pride in, in, in taking care of the basketball and, and guarding. Uh, you know, I, I still thought we got, we got really good looks. You know, we're, we've had good looks pretty much all year and they're not falling. And we, I'd like to think we have some good shooters. And so we got to just keep moving the basketball and, and, get, and keep these guys confident. You've been to Montreal before? Or? No, first time. So yeah, just talk time. about I've the been city. Been to Toronto quite a bit, yeah, yeah, but never been to Montreal. Just talk about you know any any sort of intricacies that surprise it's, you being it's here. It's awesome. Uh, we went to a place that had some smoked meat last night. Uh, Schwartz's was it? It might be because that's the right legendary now, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was great. Uh, I had a great shawarma today. But I mean, the people have been awesome. I mean, it was a great uh, attendance. Like the fans, they've been great at every game. You know, and I know they're probably excited to have some Division One teams up here. And, but I'm very thankful that they're coming out. I mean, it's a great atmosphere. So I had a conversation last week um, with uh, Dustin Kearns at App State. Yes. And on his desk, he's got a bracket of the NCAA tournament from last year where he didn't go. And he's yeah. talked about kind of chasing that that high, really. I mean, mm -hmm. you find maybe that kind of creeping in this year, that urgency to like, hey, we got to get back there. Yeah, I mean, I know our staff has, it, you know, and, uh, and our players need to embrace it too. Like, you know, you have a target on your back once you go. But you're going to also get people's best shot. You know, people know about you now. And I don't think we've been really competing and defending to the standard that, that was set before these guys. And uh, as a staff, we got to get them there. So what's the ceiling for Montana State for the rest of the season going ahead? I don't, there ain't much of a ceiling if we don't start guarding. You know, I mean, if we don't, if we don't show some toughness in defending, I mean, it's going to be a long season. And uh, I feel like we have the guys, and we have some high-character guys. And, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll bounce back. You know, I mean, it's a... This is a great tournament. There's some really good mid-major teams. I mean, there's going to be some good teams going one and two and zero and three in this tournament. And so, you know, but you just have to keep learning. It's building, you know, building for league. And yeah, as I mentioned, they went zero and three in Canada, but I still think they're going to be in the mix for the Big Sky Conference title. Watch out for Montana State. And then finally, I spoke with Mike Jones at UNC Greensboro. They went 1-2 and two in Canada, beating Montana State Friday before losing to Hofstra on Saturday and Stephen F. Austin on Sunday. Let's talk about your time up in Canada. First time up here? Yeah, my first time in uh, Montreal. Most of our guys, uh, first time in Canada. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just neat to see a, a different country and get a chance to use your passport and you know experience a little bit of the uh, Canadian culture. So it's, it's been good. We haven't gotten a chance to explore as much as we'd like, but, uh, but we love it here. It's, uh, it's a beautiful country. Uh, people with uh, just great personalities, and uh, they seem to be very excited about basketball. 
So you guys are what three and three on the season right now? Yeah. So have you figured out who this team is yet, or are you still trying to piece it together? Yeah, not yet. You know, we um, you know we use this non-conference schedule to kind of figure things out. We've got 13 games. Uh, total in the non-conference before our league starts right after Christmas. So it's a great time for us to see different styles, styles that will mimic some of the stuff that we see during our league play. And then a chance for me to figure out lineups, you know, who can play with who best, uh, you know, can we be versatile with our lineup, which I think we will be able to, to do throughout the year. And, and so uh, get a chance to see different guys who uh, maybe haven't played as much uh, in this tournament because of fatigue. Uh, they get a chance to get on the floor and kind of show them a little bit of what they can do. So definitely non-conference schedule is, is uh, an experimental time for us a little bit. You had a lot of options, you know what I mean, taking previous schools to the tournament, stuff like that. So why, what was it about UNCG that made you say, hey, that's, that's the one for me? Well, UNCG has, uh, has a lot of tradition in winning basketball. You know, uh, men's basketball has been good. Uh, over the course of the last, uh, since they got into Division One uh, back in the 80s. And uh, so, you know, now uh, when I got the job uh, last year, they had uh, finished uh, a five-year period where they'd gone to two NCAA tournaments, two NITs, and a CBI. And then our first year, we went to the CBI last year. So that's six straight years of postseason basketball. Uh, there's an expectation there to winning. Uh, there is a uh, love of basketball there. Uh, so it, it's one of those jobs that you know people expect expect you to win, and, and so you get players that understand that as well. And um, they're very competitive. They care about defense. They care about the things that go in the, off the court. Uh, you know, working on their games. So for me, that was heaven. You know, that was heaven. We had to build that at my previous school. It was already there at UNCG because of what those previous staffs had done. So that was a big uh, attraction for me to come into a program that was used to. So what's the ceiling for this team this year? You know, you've got a good sample size already. Uh, what's the ceiling for this version of your team? Yeah, we don't we don't have as good a sample size yet as we'd like. Um, you know, we've had uh, some good some uh, good opponents so far, and obviously, uh, being three and three, it's been tough. It hasn't been easy. We have a really tough non-conference schedule. Uh, so I think by the time we've gotten to about our our tenth game, I think we'll have a better feel for who we can be. I think we're going to be versatile. I think we're going to be able to score inside and out. I think we're going to be able to uh, pressure people. I think we're going to be able to uh, mix our defenses up. So I'm excited about this group. I think we've got a chance to be, uh, to be good this year and have, uh, you know, have a good year within our conference. So Mike, of course, best known for his time at Radford, where he took them to the NCAA tournament. What was it, 2018, I believe? And then they won the Big South regular season conference title in 2019 and 2020. And then this is his second year at UNCG. So I had a great time up in Laval. Um, also Saturday night. So I was debating, do I stay in downtown Montreal, which is my favorite city in Canada, or do I stay out in Laval, which is where the arena is? It's about a half an hour drive, and then Montreal traffic can get pretty hectic as well. And so... I said, whatever, I'm going to stay out in Laval just because, you know, the game Sunday morning at 11, wanted to be back at the arena, didn't want to be, you know, struggling to get out there in time. So I did drive into downtown Montreal Saturday night to try and get some dinner on Crescent Street, but I drove around for 45 minutes in a crazy traffic jam, couldn't find a single parking spot, even like the official parking lots where you pay to park, all of them full. 
Um, and I didn't, it was a little chilly out. I didn't bring the right jacket. I didn't want to park 20, you know, city blocks away and walk over to Crescent Street. So I ended up driving back out to Laval. I found this nice little supper club called Universe. Had some nice pasta, a couple beers. It was a good night. Other than some girl completely losing her mind. So at a supper club, they play like house music and people eat really late in Montreal. Um, so they're playing the dance music. And there was this guy and girl, a couple, you could tell they'd had a few drinks, but it was just them out together. And they kept going over the DJ booth telling them what to play. So finally the DJ tells them, get security. Hey, can you get them out of here? These people won't leave me alone. And then the girl starts doing that. You know, the bouncer's like, hey, come on. You know, they were friendly. You got to go. And she just starts screaming at the top of her lungs, like that hysterical. And you can see the bouncer's like, "Uh uh-oh, what the hell? But she wouldn't stop screaming. So finally, the two of them just picked her up and carried her out uh, out the restaurant and the whole place. Like the music literally stopped because of this woman screaming. But it was a fun uh, it was a fun night. I ended up connecting with my buddy Raymond and his wife Andrea. Their son Kevin Dakovishish plays for Orangeville Prep, where I do the commentating, and they live in Montreal and watch the games on the streams. They always listen to me commentate, so we ended up hanging out at the game together on Saturday for a couple hours. That was cool to connect with them, but. Yeah, as far as the rest of the season, trust me, I'm tapped in. I've watched well over 100-and-something NCAA games so far over the first two or three weeks of the season. The one biggest takeaway for me, the biggest shocker to me, is how bad Louisville is. They're 0-7. Kenny Payne, this guy's getting canned. I mean, this is Louisville. now, And I watched their entire game against App State because I dropped a few bucks on it. And I couldn't believe how bad Louis. They, they don't have any talent. They don't have any players. It's just a bad team. It's like a, a bad mid-major team. But this is... Louisville. And so, you know, 0-7, they just lost to Maryland tonight. Kenny Payne's getting axed. That's my biggest shocker so far in the college basketball season. All the regular Blue Bloods. I mean, it's way too early to see. As of right now, Houston's ranked number one. They're damn good. You know, the Zags have already lost twice this year, which is pretty shocking. But they're going to be just fine, be in the mix. You know, all the usuals. North Carolina's going to be there. Duke's going to be there. Kentucky's going to be there. I don't anticipate any shockers in college basketball this season. Baylor's going to be in the mix. You know, Kansas, whatever. They're all going to be there. But the biggest surprise to me, Louisville is horrible. Anyways, don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out undraftedfreeagent.com, the website. I'm posting a couple articles, some of the videos there. You'll see up there also my YouTube. I've got it up on my YouTube channel. Hit us up on Instagram. We're really trying to build that as well as on Twitter, undrafted underscore FA. The Instagram going a lot better than the Twitter. Getting some pretty good views for some of these videos. But yeah, hit me up. Please uh, drop a follow. We're trying to grow this. Of course, subscribe to the undraftedfreeagent.com college basketball podcast and tell a friend. Plenty more content coming. I've got lots of interviews lined up with different players and coaches over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. More college basketball content to come. I'm Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast with your host, Chris McKee. All the latest news and interviews from college hoops, from the mid-majors to major conference teams, you can find it all on UndraftedFreeAgent.com.